Hello and welcome to Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Storr. I'm Paul Bestall. And this is the show where we get a chance to hear from you, our audience. Paul, my friend, how are you doing? I'm very well. I'd just like to say thank you to Canada for the wildfire smoke that is giving us amazing suns- sunsets and sunrises. So, thank you. I mean, I, I guess you're welcome. I, I, I don't think <laughs> New York felt the same way or much yeah, well, of the, East, the U.S. Eastern Seaboard. Yes, well, it's, it's, it's too high up here, but it's just giving us amazing sunrises and sunsets. So, it's, it's quite pretty in that regard. But, um, yes, a bit strange that it's got all the way here, but that's how it is. That's wind for you. I remember about 10 years ago, there was these massive forest fires in China. And when the particulate finally blew over here, uh, I, I was told this, so if this is wrong, hey, blame the guy who told me this. But essentially, it caused this really incredible uh, lightning storm. Mm. Something about friction, I don't know, science words, science words, science words. But um, <laughs> Victoria never gets storms, or very rarely gets storms. And Nikki, my wife, she, she specifically loves thunderstorms. I, I do too, because we used to get them in Revelstoke, but she loves them because she never really got much of them in the UK. And the one massive, you know, once in a lifetime, hopefully, thunderstorm that happened here happened the day we went up island to another town. <laughs> Sometimes she'll still wake up in the middle of the night screaming about missing out this one, you know, this massive thunderstorm. It, it's, it'd be funny if it wasn't so sad. No, actually, it's still pretty funny. <laughs> Well, you can tell her that I was woken up the other weekend by some thunder. Somehow I don't think that's going to improve the situation. Yeah, we usually have perhaps, I don't know, one or two a year. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm. Thunder snow's the best. That's brilliant. Yeah, I, though those are the trumpets of the apocalypse, or what you're hearing, Paul. That's not thunder. <laughs> it's the angel Gabriel blowing the horn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's the second apocalypse Joe I've made, a joke I've made in as many shows. I got to lighten up on that shit. I don't really think it's the end of the world, folks. I just have a very bleak sense of humor. It's, it's a phase. You, you will grow out of it. I was, I was very into the apocalypse when I was younger. I mean, it's nice being described as younger, so thank you for that. <laughs> I, I just had a moment the other day where I, was, I had a shirt on with a couple buttons open, and I, I was petting Bodie, one of our cats, who's got gray fur. And I, I went to the bathroom, and I thought, oh, shit, I got a bunch of Bodie's fur on my chest. Nope, that was just my chest hair poking through. <laughs> Coming back from what was is an amazing edit that I wish I could share with our audience, but we cannot. <laughs> it's time to check the mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. Our first message is from Hurley. And Hurley says, I was driving to work an hour or so commute early in the morning on a windy, twisty road on the Sunshine Coast. Brennan mentioned deer all over Vancouver Island and I chuckled. So I used to live in Duncan and Sean Lake. So I know the damn deer. Then there was the mention of Volvos and the elk test. And I shit you not, as I come around the corner, there's a herd of elk standing in the middle of the road. The only way this would make this story greater is if I drove a Volvo. Sadly, I do not. I drive a Chevy. But I pass the elk test. Keep up the great job. I'm happy I heard a recommendation from you guys from Mike Brown on the Dark Poutine podcast. You guys are great. And look forward to continuing to catch up on the episodes. Hurley. Well, thank you very much, Hurley. And uh, that's awesome you heard about us from Mike. Mike is a cool guy. He's got a great show with Dark Poutine. And of course, the second season of Supernatural Circumstances just dropped. Uh, in fact, if you're listening to this, you probably, and you're not a patron, because if you're a patron at patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys or via Apple Podcasts, you don't have to listen to any ads. But if you're not, you would have heard an ad for Dark uh, Supernatural Circumstances rather at the beginning of the show. So yeah. Very cool guy. Uh, Morgan's awesome too. Yep. They've got some amazing guests this second season. I hear there's a, a, a particular Englishman who is uh, <laughs> really great at what he does. <laughs> Paul Sinclair. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Pope. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. That's just mean. <laughs> that would be divorce time. That's, that's where. <laughs> It's really cool too, Hurley, hearing uh, from folks in, on Vancouver Island. Uh, you know, a lot of folks assume our audience is primarily Canadian, but it's actually not. The majority of our audience is from the U.S. I would say about 75% of our audience from the U.S. and maybe about 10% from Canada, uh, 5%, maybe 8% from Canada. So it's always cool for me to hear folks on Vancouver Island liking the show. You're on the Sunshine Coast, I guess. 
um, I actually worked for a guy from the Sunshine Coast, and he told me this great story. You know the band Loverboy, of course, Paul. Who doesn't? Okay. So I am pretty sure that Mike Reno from Loverboy, if I'm not mistaken, he spent some time living on the Sunshine Coast when he was younger. And as I recall correctly, my old boss, Doug, told me the story that when he was in his maybe late teens, early 20s, he got into doing Loverboy. And it was one of those things where people would ask his parents, you know, how's your, how's your son's music career working out? And then eventually it was, oh no, it's actually, he's doing really well. You're an asshole for asking. <laughs> and, and I got to say, I saw Loverboy in 2010 or 11, maybe they were opening for Journey here in Victoria and they were, they were the highlight of the show, to be honest with you. They were fantastic at whatever age Mike Reno, he had to be in his fifties at that point. All those guys, they killed it. It was a brilliant mm. show. Yes. Well, I had an excellent weekend of watching old people sing at Glastonbury. So um, I know, I know the feeling. Oh, were you at Glastonbury or you're watching online? No, I was watching it on TV. It's shown ah, on the BBC okay. here. So I was watching lots of pensioners sing. <laughs> My brother-in-law was there, uh, with a bunch, with a couple of his cousins. They rented mm. those yurts or whatever. And I got to yeah. say, it looked like hell. <laughs> it's only 200,000 people. Now. What's wrong with you? Oh, Jesus Christ. Hard pass. Yeah, it was it was very surreal. Guns N' Roses were weird. Yeah, so someone said Guns N' Roses was getting some weird notices. What, what was up with that? They were on for nearly three hours. Okay, I mean, uh, when we saw them in Vancouver, that's about what they did was three hours. Which is, which is incredible. They had some real problems with Axel's mic. It kept blowing. It kept oh. dropping out all the time. But musically, they were phenomenal. Absolutely oh, phenomenal. Oh, okay. You couldn't take your eyes off them. I thought, well, I couldn't anyway. It, was, it drew me in. <laughs> but uh, it was quite funny. He came on and he was like, rah, 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 rah. and then he just set off running, like running. Okay. Like he was being chased by a bear. <laughs> and he just ran. I was like, stop running about, man. It was like he was doing a bleep test. <laughs> so that was the Saturday. And then we watched Elton John's last ever performance in the UK on the Sunday night. Um, that must have been something. It was basically, he, he started with Pinball Wizard and he never really stopped. And he did two and a quarter hours and he just went. Wow. Just hit after hit after hit. And he hardly played anything he's released in the last 30 years. Oh, really? So it was all his 70s and 80s stuff. I got to say, missing Elton John when he was here in Victoria, I mean, it, the price was just beyond my reach at that point, but mm. I, that's one of my big concert regrets. One of my few concert regrets, one of the things I, I, yeah. I had a chance to see and I blew it, and or couldn't do it rather, and I, I do regret missing that one. Three songs in, he had 150,000 people eating out of the palm of his hands, and it was it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen watch an act at Glastonbury. They were, they were spilling out. You could There were thousands and thousands of people coming. Brilliant, cool. you know what I mean. So uh, we were we were contemplating though. We were a bit worried if he did when he did Candle in the Wind because obviously they've got these enormous screens. So there was all this kind of artwork and video and stuff going on behind him. So you're a bit like, oh god, who's gonna who's gonna pop up here? But thankfully, it was stuck to the original intention of that song. So it was Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, I think it would have been tasteless otherwise. <laughs> it's the UK. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. If we really want to do it UK style, Princess Diana is going to come out with a steel chair and hit Meghan Markle. <laughs> Give her the stone cold stunner. That is like, if we're going to do that, fine. Then bring up Princess Diana. This next one's from Ian D. Ian says, I've been meaning to write in for a while, but thought this email would be a bit of an aimless ramble. Hey, that, that's fine. Well, welcome to the show, Ian, especially as talk spooky. Now you've decided to make a separate show for emails. I thought it was a perfect chance to write in. Oh, there we go. Hey, read ahead, Brent, read ahead. Back in January, my wife went on one of her girly weekends with a few of her friends, where they hire out a lodge or apartment in the country and partake in wholesome activities such as drinking Prosecco, soaking in the hot tub, and just generally having a girly catch-up. This, of course, left me home alone for the weekend, so I used the time wisely to partake in a variety of activities such as meeting up with an old friend for some drinks, going to watch Wolves actually win a football match, and playing a few <laughs> games of FIFA on the PlayStation. In an activity that may be of more interest to Brennan... Uh, on the Friday night, I decided to visit a microbrewery pub in the local town of Wellington. The pub is imaginatively named The Boot, and for a while they had been promoting their newly opened kitchen, and a pint and a poutine offer for a reasonable £9.50. I'd heard Brennan mention poutine a few times, and having a weakness for junk food, I figured what's not to like about chips, cheese curds, and gravy, so I went for it, and I was pretty impressed. One final thing I did over that weekend was to watch a spooky film that had been recommended to me by a guy at work. 
the film being I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, starring Ruth Wilson. I very much enjoyed the film as it wasn't a festival of predictable jump scares, but a very subtle, eerie, and atmospheric tale. Probably wasn't a great idea watching it in the dark whilst home alone. I wondered whether either of you had seen the film and what your opinion of it was. Thanks for producing such a great show, guys. It's the one I really look forward to being released every fortnight. Well, Ian, thank you so, so much, man. That's really cool. Um, Paul, just uh, with, we'll, we'll start with the late question there, or the last question. Have you seen I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? No, I have not. I am aware of Ruth Wilson, though. I saw her in Luther. That's kind of where I'm familiar with her. Yes. Uh, but I think she was also in The Lone Ranger. I think she was the female lead in The Lone Ranger, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Nobody wants to remember that, mate. I kind of like that movie. <laughs> I know. It's one of the strangest films I've watched. It's one of them you think, why is this film two hours and 40 minutes long? You're not wrong there. It, it, there was absolutely, that was a weird time for Disney. It, it, that time for Disney is what, uh, actually, I guess Disney's still going through it because they, they keep making expensive ass movies that not, not, not enough people are going to see. But <laughs> anyways, uh, so no, I, I haven't seen it either, Ian. Although I will say, I'll trade you. Uh, check out Brooklyn 45 on Shudder. Uh, we just did it for Weird Together. That episode will be out next week. Or I guess uh, when this comes out, it'll be out Wednesday. And um, yeah, it's a really great haunt. It's not even a haunted house film. It's like a paranormal drama in a way. Uh, mm. It's really, really good. But uh, as for Poutine, yeah, Poutine's, it's amazing. And it's, for those of you who are being uh, smartassy, it's not cheesy chips. It is a very different <laughs> thing. It's cheesy chips and gravy. Get out. I have no son. <laughs> We, uh, we ordered poutine, Nick and I, a couple nights ago. And I, I'll admit, you know, of course, I'm going to be that guy. I, I was living in Montreal for eight months. I've had great poutine. This wasn't that. But it was still, it was still pretty good. And there's something about the just the squeaky cheese curds. Have you had that, Paul? Mm. I have had poutine, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's just something about that. It's just a very satisfying on like a spiritual level. So even <laughs> if it's not the best, it's, it's like, oh, I'm not going to say that. People are tired of hearing me talk about sex. But poutine is, is great. Even bad poutine is still good poutine. It's still poutine. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Next up is a message from Deirdre from YouTube. And Deirdre says, Amazing. I live in the Kawachan Valley, and I am thrilled to hear about our end times from another islander. I am so glad I came across your channel. <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre. Again, another Vancouver Island listener. Also from YouTube is Todd. And Todd is short, sweet, and to the point, he says, Great show. And you're right, Todd. You have excellent taste. <laughs> Next up is Miranda. I thought about sending that story in for some time, and I got a minute to draft it this past Friday whilst work was slow. I wasn't sure I'd actually pull the trigger, but as I wrapped up, I knocked over the empty I Love Canada mug my best friend had given me years ago. And then, as I was leaving the office, at which I never see more than a magpie or a duck on compass, there was a Canadian goose in my path outside. Luckily, I did not have to throw down with the hissing hellion, but I thought there were too many signs from the universe to ignore it. Then, on the way home, the Bluetooth in my car picked up what I'd been listening to last on Spotify, which was Ghost Story Guys, and then queued up the Mythical Dream episode, Serendipitous. I've been listening to the pod in chronological order these past couple of weeks as I've run out of fresh episodes from the Paul Grace era, and oddly enough, this episode was not next on the list. Whenever the universe speaks, I try to listen. Speaking of listening to the universe, if you'll humour me, I'm about to practically write you a novel, Brennan. Synchronicities have been raining down on me with pretty violent loyalty since the advent of 2023. I've come to the conclusion that I have to go to West Virginia this year. I'm not sure what awaits, but the universe has been loud and clear. Recent readings have also suggested that there may be a past life element involved which I'm holding a healthy sceptical curiosity about. Following a ridiculously dense period of weirdness and coincidences, of which I do not believe in, suddenly it all went quiet. I began to question if what I had been experiencing was real, and if I really am meant to seek out what awaits me in West Virginia, which is a long drive away as I live in Colorado. Then one day, as I was engrossed in Minecraft, episode 127, The Call of Dreams, began. It picked up somewhere in the middle of the episode, as though it had begun at another time, though I don't recall. Several things you and Kev mentioned pricked my interest. I took a screenshot of the episode with the intention of revisiting it again later when I could give it my undivided attention. Then, as the episode unfolded, I was floored by how profoundly it hit me over and over again. 
I hadn't heard of your Pennsylvania connection before, but I was in awe since, as I mentioned, I seem to be mysteriously tugged to a state that I have no logical connection to. I really hope that you continue keeping us updated on your Pennsylvania story, as I'm sure it will continue to unfold, and perhaps eventually chronicle your experience in book form at some point. Wink, wink. I don't know if you also experience this, but I tend to tear up when a paranormal story hits my spooky bone just right. My best friend also gets this as well, as the sudden urge to poop. <laughs> Corporal living is strange. Anyway, as you were recounting your hypnosis session, I started bawling at the part when Hypnobren said he'd been trying to use Maryland as a red herring, but that you kept up picking the real trail back to Pennsylvania. Absolute chills. P.S. You've mentioned that you worked in a grocery store once upon a time that your family owned. I know I will be disappointed, but I still vehemently hope it was called The Store. <laughs> ah, Miranda. Uh, no, it was not called The Store. It was called Bocce's. <laughs> Bocce's Grocerteria. I, I think it was called Bocce's because there was a Bocce pitch not too far away. There's an area of Sheffield called High Stores. It's probably very classy. No, it's not. Okay, no, that's... that's more accurate, I was hoping. <laughs> As for the Pennsylvania connection, Miranda, um, nothing else has happened in a while. You know, I haven't, like with the pandemic, obviously I didn't do any traveling. And then when I was living in Montreal, I actually thought I might get down to Pennsylvania, but it turned out to be just too expensive for me to travel. I could afford to live in two places, just barely. Actually, I couldn't even afford that. I, I definitely dug myself a little hole, but um, traveling would have dug an even deeper hole. So I, I didn't get to go down there. But uh, I am hoping that something shakes loose just because it's, it's a fascinating thread, right? Um, I, I will say, don't go, if you do go to West Virginia, don't go expecting anything crazy to happen because when I went to Pennsylvania the multi, you know, those multiple times, everything that happened, as you heard in that episode, it was very subtle. There was never a big reveal. There was never an aha moment. It was just more like, oh, okay, you know, this is a thing that happened. And it's super cool. And, and again, I, I still feel that connection to Pennsylvania, although I'm told it's changed quite a bit. I'm told that the general tenor of the whole place has really gotten a lot worse, a lot angrier since the 2016 election. I, I interviewed someone for Largely the Truth, which I still didn't put that show out, but he was telling me that it's just a much, it's become a much angrier place, a much more divided place, Pennsylvania. So yeah, if you do go to West Virginia and something happens, please, please do let us know. Try camping on Chestnut Ridge. Oh, there you go. Will we uh, be filing a missing persons report here, Paul? No, it's a hotspot of strange activity of UFOs and Bigfoots and everything. Stan okay, so, yeah, so potentially missing persons. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Can't go missing if you don't go there. <laughs> I don't know if that's the recommendation you think it is. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? There you go, Miranda. Think about that. What's the worst that could happen? Swooped on by Mothman. <laughs> yeah, like an osprey taking away a fish in Odell Lake. <laughs> oh, like that poor boy in the 70s attacked by a giant bird who carried him. I don't think I know that story. I forgot his name now. He, he got bullied at school. He was called Bird Boy after the incident. But he was, his mother and the three, four of them, him and some friends are in the back garden. About 10 years old. And then a giant bird just swooped down and picked him up, ripped his shirt and Jesus. carried him for a while. And the mum's screams made the bird drop him and it flew off. And wow. they said it was the biggest bird they'd ever seen. It was essentially a thunderbird. Um, and nobody believed them. They all thought they were lying or they'd made it up. They kept his shirt that was ripped. So he was clearly attacked by something rather large. And they were just, you know, oh, it was just a normal, you know what women are like. Ooh. Oh, boy. It's probably a pigeon. <laughs> Christ on a bike. But uh, yeah, it's a very, very famous Thunderbird. Probably the best Thunderbird witnessed event in the, in the modern era, I would suggest. And sorry, where was that? Lawndale, California, 1977. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to look that up. But yes, he got bullied and was called Bird Boy at school. As if it's not bad enough that you're going to get taken away by a goddamn bird, <laughs> then you get mocked by idiots. Yes. Well, Miranda, if you go to West Virginia, you got to promise us you're not going to be abducted by a giant bird. <laughs> or Mothman. Or Mothman. Next up is from Kelly. Kelly says, hey guys, you need to do a deep dive into McCamey Manor in Tennessee. It's run by someone who enjoys torturing people, pulling their teeth out, and other sadistic things. He makes you go through a psych eval and medical exam before you go on one of his tours. 
and repeatedly tells his clients you really don't want to do this. There's a 40 plus page waiver you have to sign and a waiting list of thousands of people who want to experience it. He only accepts bags of dog food as payment and claims to donate it to a greyhound rescue as a tax write-off. Yeah, Kelly, uh, I, I mean, McCamey, I'm familiar with McCamey Manor. Uh, are you familiar with McCamey Manor, Paul? Yes, it was on, uh, was it Dark Tourist? Probably. Sh show that was on Netflix a few years ago? Yeah. It's kind of outside our purview, Kelly, I'll be honest with you. And uh, the other way I feel about McCamey Manor is uh, you can't save some people. <laughs> I've read several articles about about McCamey Manor. I, I've, you know, listened to, re listened to interviews with people who've done it or... And, you know, when I was a younger guy, Paul, I used to try and save people. I would, you know, I think I'd try, you know, my friends and, and my loved one, my, you know, my, my partners, I would try and, I, I would always attract people who were kind of fucked up and needed help. And it always, and I myself was fucked up, you know, so I, like, I was mm -hmm. no saint, but I, I was try, always trying to, like, I could, you can do this. I'll encourage you. We'll, we'll be better. You'll be better. I'll help you. And what I realized is you can't do that. You can present people with options and you can encourage yep. them to take the better option, but you can't make them be better. They have to make that choice. And McKamey Manor, man. Yeah. Fucked up people got to go somewhere, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for writing, Kelly. And again, it's a, it's a place that exists and I sure as shit wouldn't be doing it. And if someone in my life was like, I'm going to go do that, they would not be in my life because that person is more fucked up than I can, you know, am comfortable having being around. <laughs> Next, we've got another comment from YouTube there flowing in today. And this is from Penguin, who says, The Dr. Mario on the Wii is my favoritest game ever. I've been listening since episode 4, and I love it. Hi from PDX. Many McMenamins are haunted. The Baghdad Theatre has a bathroom downstairs that's spooky as fuck. I'll have to write in with my Portland and Miami stories one day. I did not realise there was Dr. Mario for the Wii. I, still, I might actually still have a Wii lying around somewhere. I should, uh, I should drag that out, see if it still works. <laughs> I was going to buy us a Switch when I got back. Then some friends of mine who were living in a place where is experiencing a really brutal heat wave, I, I lent them the money to buy an air conditioner instead. So, you know, I don't get a switch, but also they don't die of heat exposure. So, hey, you know, uh, everyone wins. Yeah. All I'll say is PlayStation for life. <laughs> I mean, I have a PlayStation, absolutely. But, you know, uh, this, <laughs> the Wii just, or sorry, like Nintendo stuff, you know, like Breath of the Wild, the, the Zelda games, I've heard so much about those. I kind of want to give them a shot. What's Nintendo? <laughs> Fair. Well, they did invent the Game Boy, which is always good if you were stuck in the bathroom for a bit. One last thing on the subject of video games, uh, Nick, because again, Nick, Nick's like Nick actually likes video games a lot more than I do. Um, she has a subscription to PlayStation's cloud gaming service. I think it's it was called PS mm. Now. I think they've changed it to something else. But I pretty much played the hell out of Assassin's Creed Origins. You know, I I, I need to find something new. Mm. And so I went on there and I thought, I'll just, you know, instead of paying 70 bucks for a new game, I'll clouds game something. And mm -hmm. my cousin, Mike and I were talking about this, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, which is a side scrolling beat em up game in the style of the old Ninja Turtles arcade games, which, you know, of course I fondly remember as a kid going to the arcade, playing, you know, pumping quarters into this thing. And so they had it on, on this cloud gaming service. So I downloaded it and, uh, I played it for an hour and I was bored. So I'm glad I didn't buy the whole goddamn thing because it turns out that uh, playing our uh, side-scrolling arcade beat-em-ups is a young man's game. <laughs> Streets of Rage. Exactly. Yeah, I loved Streets of Rage when I was a kid, you know, but I don't know. I can only hit square so many times before I think, oh, this sucks. I, I want to do something else. Most of the time I end up playing Lego Marvel superheroes. And Nick loves the Lego games. She is, she's got this, she calls it her accuracy thing. And so she mm. has to 100% all the Lego games and she will, she'll go through hundred percent every single, like the Lego star Wars, Lego, Harry Potter, Lego, whatever the fuck she's bought it and I'll buy them for her for her birthday or whatever. And she'll just plow through it for hours. I love her commitment. Cause once I play through a game, generally I'm done. I, I share that addiction of trying to smash it to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I'm playing them again. Cause I didn't do that. So I'm like 83% on one and 96 on the other. The only time I'll do that with a game is if I really like the world, like uh, Grand Theft Auto V. I just, I will play that. I finished the story mode, you know, three years ago, four years ago. Uh, but I'll, I'll just go for drives in the world. You know, I'll go play darts mm. in a bar in the country. I'll go, I won't kill anyone. I won't do anything crimey. I just drive around in Los virtual Los Angeles, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I used to do that a lot in Vice City. Jump in a car and just drive around. Oh, really? Listening to great tunes. Well, you could be in luck because I've heard that Six is returning to Vice City. Oh, I hope so. I hope they set it in the 80s. Take it back. It was brilliant, that. Oh, yeah. The only thing I preferred about Five to Vice City, really, like, and Four, I, this is the thing I think that they didn't get right until Part Five, was more definite mission structures. Mm. That were, so you can actually see, your, like, you can look back and go, okay, I finished X, Y, and Z. Because the way my brain yeah. works, I need to have the completion buzz from, you know, from finishing something. And so just waiting around till Nico calls me to go bowling or whatever, it's like, no, I can't, I can't do this. I, I need definite <laughs> proof that I have advanced through the story. <laughs> Remember the, uh, was it San Andreas? They added that stupid mechanic where you had to work out. <laughs> Guys, I can barely manage that in my own life. Never mind in a fucking video game. Yeah, I'll go and eat stuff. Yeah. Again, I barely remember to feed myself. Yeah, I, I did that the other day. Julie said, what have you, what have you eaten today? Because she'd been in the office. And I went, oh, I forgot to eat. <laughs> yep. I've had some coffee, though. The only reason I've had food today is because I was bummed out this morning. And, and usually if I'm bummed out in the morning and it's been a while, I'll go to Floyd's around the corner, the diner. <laughs> so I, I did that because I was like, oh, I'm kind of depressed. I just want to get out of the house. Someone will make breakfast for me. They know exactly my order when I walk in. They're all very friendly. But if not for that, I, I, I still haven't eaten lunch. And that, you know, it's, you know, creeping up on dinner time here. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I made us a lovely uh, beef in black bean sauce stir fry. For tea. Ooh, nice. Next up is Ava. Ava says, hey guys, I enjoy your podcast so much. I heard of you guys from the hundredth episode of They're Not Shadows. And I was looking for a new podcast and I'm very glad I did. Being a teenager in the Midwest of America, let's just say there isn't very much to do before my schedule gets busy before marching band starts. I've just sat for most of the day listening to you guys. It never gets old. I appreciate your support to the people that need it. And with being part of the LGBTQ plus community in a place where that isn't very popular, hearing unwavering support does so much. I love when you guys talk about movies and music, even though I may not know who you're talking about, but it's always fun. I personally don't have any stories, but the suburbs of Missouri aren't a very interesting place. I've always been called an old soul because ever since I can remember, I've always loved vintage fashion, 50s and 60s music and the like. At the time of sending this, I turned 15 yesterday. I don't know if there's anything like spiritual behind that, when, like when little kids still see long-deceased family members. Sorry if this sounds rambly. I'm not known for being a great writer. I like your skepticism about some of the stories you send. If you read this, thank you. I'm sorry you had to read that. Ava, you never have to apologize for yourself. Never once. I That wasn't rambly in the slightest. You should see some of the emails I write, Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, I, I bet if you look, I bet if you look around, look for some Look through the newspapers. You can go to like newspapers.com or something. Sometimes you can get free access through your library. I bet if you look through newspapers, I bet some shit has happened in your, in your suburb somewhere. I doesn't, you know, I, again, I grew up in a town of 7,500 people in the middle of nowhere and I found, you know, an entire book's worth of ghost stories. I suspect if you look hard enough, you'll find something. Yeah. Somebody who lived on the street behind where I live now saw a disembodied head float across their front room in the 1980s. So you just never know. Jesus. Yeah, there, exactly. And uh, I, again, yeah. And just to reiterate, Paul and I are both, uh, yeah, we are both 100% supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. That is without a doubt. We are very much here for our trans brothers and sisters and non-binaries and everyone. We, we love you all. And uh, if anyone says otherwise, tell them to go fuck themselves or tell us and we'll go kick their asses. Certainly will. Uh, I think that's, <laughs> I think it's legal. I like to say that. I mean, we're not, we're not referring to a specific person. Eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Watch out. And if you're listening to this and you think, oh, guys, what is this woke bullshit? Uh, you're on the wrong side of history, man, and we love you, but you got to fix your heart. So we're not we're not going <laughs> to tell you to fuck off. We're not going to do that, but we're going to say you got to learn. You got to be better. Because there are folks trying to convince you otherwise that, that being just miserable and hateful is somehow righteous. It's not. They've got an agenda, and uh, it costs nothing to be decent. It costs nothing to be kind. Just be kind. Next is a message from Brittany, who says, I really love the podcast. I'm semi-new to listening, but I'm a huge fan. I was listening to your February the 6th episode, An Old Fashioned Haunted House, and I was pretty stoked to hear Brennan talk about Perkins and Kelowna. I grew up in Salmon Arm, not far from Revy or Kelowna, and I have the exact same experience with the restaurant. My mum loved their breakfasts, and it always felt so fancy being Kelowna and to getting to go to Perkins for breakfast with my family. They had the absolute best pancakes. 
Part of the reason that I enjoy the podcast so much is because of the local notes here and there. I now live on Vancouver Island, a few hours north of Brennan in Victoria, so hearing about BC in general is the best. I was at first introduced to your podcast when looking for stories about Vancouver Island on Spotify, so imagine my delight when I found your episode hearing a short story about my city and being told by a local. That rocked. Again, huge fan. Thanks for all the stories and for sharing Brennan's amazing laugh with the world. Well, thank you, Brittany. That's really sweet and and uh, uh, very. I'm 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 blushing a little bit. I, I swear. Uh, <laughs> that's very nice. And again, super cool. Yet another listener from Vancouver Island, which is that's the best. Do, do you have? Are you a breakfast guy, Paul? Do you do you like? I mean, obviously, as we've just discussed, sometimes you know food is just not a thing that happens. But do you like specifically enjoy breakfast, or is it just food? I have real difficulty facing food for at least two hours when I've got up. Interesting. I have a friend who's the same way. I just can't. I've done it before. I, I never eat. I never enjoy eating food that quickly after getting up. That's ah, all. okay. I just don't. Don't at all. I don't know. It's it's one of those, even from being a kid, I kind of started skipping breakfast when I was a teenager. I just didn't seem to really, you know, I'm very partial. There's very few things better than a than a full English breakfast. Um, but I would tend to enjoy that more. On a, I don't know. It, it just seems a bit of a rush in the week. Weekends, it's fine. All bets are off. Right. Fill my fill my belly. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I'm lucky enough that uh, for the time being, at least, you know, I, I just do this so I, I don't have to rush away to breakfast because I'm bad in the mornings, man. I am so slow to start in the mornings. And if I had a real time limit, I think it would be hard to make because I, I have the same thing, same thing for breakfast every day when I cook it myself. Two eggs with also a bunch of egg whites on uh, toasted bread with two slices of cheese, nutritional yeast, and hot sauce. That's what I have for breakfast every morning. The same thing every day, the same proportions, 145 grams of egg whites. You know, literally everything's the same. But if I, again, if I had to prep all that before going to work at 8 a.m. or something, I would probably just be eating cereal, if not just coffee. So I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I get it. I love going out for breakfast. If I could afford to go out for breakfast every single day, I absolutely would. And I would have the same thing. Because I, when I go to Floyd's, I have the same thing. I have two eggs, two chicken breasts, and unseasoned potatoes. That's that's it. That's what I have. That's my breakfast. And I, I, if I could eat, afford to eat that every single day, I absolutely would. Eating breakfast out is one of my favorite things in the world. Mm. Yes. A full English is nice, but I couldn't do it every day. Well, I could, but I'd probably die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fairness, I, I, my, yeah, my thing is not a full English. Although I'm looking forward to having one of those when I'm in the UK. You're going to have black pudding on it. <laughs> no, no. Well, you order it and I'll eat it. Okay. There we go. There we go. When we're in Paramede, you will be my designated uh, black. I'll save it because it's the morning. You won't want it. Actually, who's, who am I kidding? I'm not going to be up in the fucking morning. <laughs> I think we'll need a breakfast on the Sunday. I think so too. I think uh, a couple bottles of paracetamol, some breakfast, <laughs> maybe a Bloody Mary to help ease the uh, ease the transition. Lucasade. <laughs> oh, pardon me, Lucasade. I forgot we're in we're in the we're in the uh, the homeland here. Oh, and Brittany, uh, one last thing. Again, I love that uh, I'm not the only person who, uh, who who feels that way about Perkins, who's got it, this memory of it. Like, this is fancy Denny's. This is, because we're two and a half hours out of town, this is classy food. Like, even going to the Boston Pizza in Salmon Arm was fancy for us in Revelstoke because we didn't have a Boston Pizza. You know, anyways, it's all small small town things, Paul. It's all very, it's about grade, you know, gradations. Well, nothing surprises me. There was a queue when a Tango Blast store opened here. All the young people were very excited. What's Tango Blast? It's uh, fizzy soda in ice. So it's basically like a, a fizzy icicle, I believe. I've never tried it. I'm not a oh, big fan of Tango. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I mentioned um, Rocket Fizz on the recent show. Uh, I think it might even have been a patron show, but they're the ones who made that Roddy Piper soda all out of bubblegum. And Marianne commented and said that I guess Rocket Fizz has a store, I think she said in LA, because that's, that's where she lives, or near LA. And um, she said they had a soda called Kitty Piddle that uh, clearly I have to try <laughs> next time I'm there. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. This is from Alana. And Alana says, Dear Brennan and Paul, uh, not sure if my email from September last year reached you guys, so I thought I would post it here. I just want to say how much I look forward to listening to your podcasts. The night I found Ghost Story Guys at the start of last year was such a highlight. 
After regularly listening to another podcast, their ads and lack of content finally drove me crazy. So there I was on the hunt on my Google Home device, begging Google to find me a great ghost story podcast, and boom, she gave me you guys. And from you guys, I now have Mysteries and Monsters, The Dark Paranormal, etc., etc. You choose such great stories, and I appreciate them more when you read them. When you both read them. Your audio and production are first class, and the camaraderie between you both is brilliant. Well, thank you, Alana. Not only do you tell great stories, you are also funny, and you really make me laugh. Your continued discussion on dealing with mental health issues has never been more important, and has the ability to help others who may be struggling as we heard in episode 143. That episode also reminded me of the pain and loss I went through, and sometimes still go through, when my father took his own life 25 years ago. That's a life sentence for those who are left behind, and has me questioning my own mental health often. This leads me to my question. What do you guys think about mediums slash psychics, people who think they can contact the dead? The reason I ask is a few months ago, I finally worked up the courage to approach a psychic medium. This woman is supposed to be the best in Sydney, Australia. After watching years ago how John Edwards and James Van Prague, and James Van Prague, for example, operate with their audiences, I was of the understanding I was only supposed to provide yes or no answers. Well, that's not the experience I had with this woman. The cost was $150 for one hour, and I got 31 minutes of bullshit. I know you guys don't judge, and this is a safe place for me to tell you my experience, so I'll ask again. What do you guys think about mediums and psychics, people who think they can contact the dead? Alana, um, geez, you know, first off, I'm sorry you had that experience. Um, geez, Paul, I have a lot to say about this, but I've been talking a lot on this show. Why don't you, uh, why don't you take point here? Well, I think it is one of those things as, as, as we both are sufferers of mental illness and we live in a time where it's probably never been more open for a lot of people to finally be honest about how they feel and how they do and especially for here in the uk suicide is the biggest killer of people under 35 in our country it's also the second most prevalent reason for men in their 40s to die in the uk as well so it's something that's been quite challenging for a lot of people but things do seem to be turning in a, in a more positive light. And strangely enough, this, this week in, in Sheffield, we've got a, uh, a suicide prevention charity walk going on that's going around certain areas and uh, taking a, a baton of hope around and, and a lot of people are joining and, and doing the walk. And they're on their way to Manchester, I believe, next as they're, as they're walking around. So it's good to get the conversations out and continue to, to push it because... It, it, it's one of those things that I think we've certainly come away from that attitude of of when somebody successful or famous takes their own life and people go, oh, why have they done that? That they had everything, and I think sometimes it's it used to be very difficult to explain to people that even though you may have got everything that may suggest that everything in your life is going great. That doesn't matter when everybody goes away and you're on your top. That's the, usually the worst part. Um, there's always those little voices constantly. At, at any point can pop up. And um, it's it's tough. And as, as, as we say there, the ramifications for the people that are left behind is even worse. And as, as somebody that's lost too many friends over the years, um, the... The week surrounding my 40th birthday, I had two of my oldest friends take their own lives. Um, one three days before and one three days afterwards, um, which was, was deeply challenging. One wasn't a big surprise. The other one had basically been absolutely fine, moved to Australia, started a new life, got a family. Everything seemed to be going absolutely fine. And then his wife got up one morning and found him dead in the garage. So... It, it challenges. I mean, that's, yeah, well, 10 years ago. And I still think about it more days than I don't. And I, I miss them both dearly still. And along with the others that I lost at a younger age, it never, it never gets easier. But that's, that's the thing about grief. And too many people try to put a timescale on things. And it doesn't matter. It never leaves you, you know. Even like we're saying here with father dying 25 years ago. It's still there. You, you can't just go, oh, well, it's, it's gone to a certain point. It, there'll always be a hole when you lose somebody close and dear to you. And I think often we try and fill the hole rather than learn from the hole. And it's a part of you that's gone. And you'll never replace it. And sometimes the hole will get smaller, but it'll never go away. 
And all you will ever have to do to remember is to close your eyes and you're there again. And I think too many times people try to push it away and, and deal with it and think, oh, well, time time's a great healer. It is, but it never lessens the loss that you suffer. It just makes us more adapt at dealing with those feelings and being able to function going forwards. I couldn't agree more. Uh, on the other hand, to bring things up, let's make fun of psychic mediums. <laughs> well, I went to see one the other week, didn't I? Oh, you Not did too? about this. Yeah, how was that? I don't think I heard about it, it afterwards. Odd. It was odd. Because okay. there was a couple of things that were bang on, that were a bit weird. But the vast majority of it was bollocks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I expected. Do you mind? Can you feel comfortable sharing the stuff that was bang on? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, she kept going on about my dad. I've never met my dad. No idea. My dad's never, as far as I'm aware, he never saw me. You know, he tried to kill us before I was born. Right. And um, never, uh, never saw him at all, you know. And um, so it was, it was, it was, it was a bit troubling to to hear this because um, you know he's been dead seven years apparently. No idea. Never, never had any contact with him um, in in my entire life, and obviously never will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, fair. So um, you know, it is what it is, and I've got relatives all over the place apparently because he was a bit uh, free and easy, shall we say? But right. yeah, such is life. But, uh, oh, well, they'll never meet me, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but so that was a bit troubling. And um, and then she got one of my friends come through who said, you still think about how he died, don't you? It's, it's what's put you off learning to drive. Oh. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it did. And she said, well, he's here now. And he says, you need to get get your finger out and get on with it. He said, you can't be afraid because of what happened to him. You can move on. And oh, you, wow. you, you shouldn't be afraid of learning to drive anymore. Wow. And the rest of it was just, you know, the usual. I'm getting somebody coming through and that could have been my grandma, but it could have been bloody any generic old lady coming for a chat. Um, and she'd said things, but it was just, you know, but... When when you get two big hits that were quite specific to me that aren't just generic stuff, then that um, I found that difficult to, to brush away, I have to say. Sure. But the rest of it was generic nonsense. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't, as, as, as always, I wasn't overly impressed. It does remind me of, a, of, a, of an incident that happened when I was younger. When I went on a family holiday somewhere, my aunt went into a to see a fortune teller at Blackpool. I think we were at okay. <laughs> that hotbed of of psychic ability, and um, and then they came out and they said, "Oh," and everybody was, "Oh, how was it?" And, and she was crying. She wouldn't talk about it, and they kept and 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 obviously later I was intrigued as to what could have upset her so much, and um, so I obviously earwigged. And uh, they were having a conversation about uh, telling her that somebody, uh, somebody very very close to her, would be dying in within the next year to eighteen months. Jesus! And, uh, and then the following, uh, following May, my auntie, her sister, passed away. Yikes! At forty six. Oh man! And at the time, she wasn't ill. Well, she probably was, but we didn't realise she was ill. She right. she'd got uh, an extremely vicious cancer that came to the point that we were not none of us were allowed to see her before she died because she she'd basically lost control of her mental faculties by the end because it had just oh, man. riddled her and got into her brain and she sadly uh, wasn't wasn't there she was just a shell by that point and we were no never allowed to see her so I didn't see her the last 12 months of her life until she'd passed oh man if you don't mind me asking what'd you pay for the psychic too much <laughs> 50 quid. Okay. So I was going to say, Alana, I generally don't think much of psychics. I have had experiences with people who've said things which I think are credible, but I think you shouldn't pay any more than 50 bucks. And I know there's going to be people who are pissed off about that, who are listening. I don't care. I, if you have this gift, this shouldn't be something you use to make money. Precisely. It's a gift. So why charge? Yeah, I yeah yeah yeah. Like I I think something should be given. I th I think it's important for the exchange of energy. I think you you're giving something, so you need to get something. 
but I don't <laughs> think you should be charged 150 bucks. Um, you know, that's, that's criminal. And honestly, anytime a psychic becomes famous, I think you can probably write them off. What you're asking is one of those questions that I think separate us from other shows. And, and I think there are going to be people who say, well, you know, Brand, you're being an asshole. Don't you believe in this stuff? And, and I, I do because I've seen things. I was actually just having this conversation with Joseph last night, but I want to believe that our consciousness survives the point of physical death. I, I genuinely do because A, I'm afraid of death and B, I've lost a lot of people who I want to see again. But can, we, can they be reached? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, are, are psychics talking to something? Yeah, it seems like it. Are they talking to our family members? Hard to say. There's a lot of shit out. Again, if we accept that all this stuff is real, which we do on the show, and you know, because again, I think there's a pretty good chance it is, we have to admit that there's going to be shit out there that wants to lie to us and use us for its own ends. And so I think you have to be careful. I think as with anything, whether you're taking advice from me or Paul or a friend or whoever, even if it's someone you like, you have to take the advice with a grain of salt. You have to kind of use your own intuition and you can't just take everything they say on board without critical thought. And I think it's the same with psychics. Like if, if, if someone's, if someone's saying, oh, this is, you know, grandpa from the great beyond, and he's telling you to sell the house and, uh, put all your money in Bitcoin, maybe, maybe step back from that and go, yeah, is that a, is it actually grandpa B if is it is, if maybe his grandpa's full of shit, you know, like being dead does not mean you have an access to all the knowledge of the world. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm mixed on psychics, uh, Alana and Again, I think if you're going to go, don't pay any more than 50 bucks, 75 bucks maybe. And for God's sakes, if they're famous, run the other way. Because I just don't think you can be famous doing this and be genuine. Because to be famous, you have to be consistent at a level that I don't think is possible. Because I don't think it works like that. All the people I know who are sensitive, it, it comes and goes. It's not, a, it's not a science. And if you're a performer, if you're at that level, you're a performer. And if you're a performer, you have to perform when you are needed to perform. And again, this is a very subtle thing. It is impossible to perform at that delight. It is, it is impossible to perform on command, I think. All I'll ever say is that it's a, a known fact and on record that uh, until Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered, oddly no psychics connected to anybody from Egypt. And then within 10 years of uh, Carter's discovery of the tomb, lots of psychics were suddenly channeling reincarnations of Egyptian princes, which is, some would say, a very cynical way to do it. Or others may say perhaps opening the tomb allowed all the spirits of Egypt free to hang around posh parties in London. Cough. So <laughs> again, Alana, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about this. Thank you for sharing this with us because I, I know it's not an easy thing. And again, I'm sorry you had that shitty experience with a psychic because again, that's, I don't think that's, it's not that surprising, but I, I guess if nothing else, 150 bucks is a not an unreasonable price for a lesson learned, I guess. And uh, we have one more message for today. Our final message is from Miss Tessa Marie via YouTube. Oh, just when I thought I couldn't love you guys anymore, Paul comes along and brings us the chorus to Bob Ross' Sex Machine. Absolutely made my night. <laughs> I've been binge listening to you guys every night for the past few months. I know you hear it a lot, but you guys have really been getting me through a rather difficult time in my life. I can't thank you both enough for your hard work that goes into putting together these wonderful shows. I am truly grateful for the laughs and the scary accounts, incidents, whatever you want to call them. I always hate calling them stories because that gives the notion that they're not real. You guys both have such amazing voices. I always enjoy listening to you guys more than anyone else, especially you, Brennan. I could listen to you read a phone book and think it's hot. <laughs> thanks brennan's sister god a christ on a bike i hope my sister never says anything like that about me holy shit sarah you, i know you're listening to this that's him you get him this has got nothing to do with me sweet jesus Ooh. Ooh. surely we'll come up with some someone better than my sister yeah see if brennan's my mistress or something him. i don't know some something <laughs> thank you for that message rihanna <laughs> there we go. There we go. That makes more sense. Yeah. Whereas if my brother sent an email, he would be saying, that Paul's a bit of a dick, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he would never, or maybe he would, I don't know. We do every now and again, every now and again, there is a Paul is a dick email, but very rarely. Usually it's Brennan is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we, oh. we just had another one star review on iTunes from someone who's like, they talk too much. Get fucked. Who's that guy with this fake British accent? I, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I, I've mentioned to you before, I follow this, this woman on Instagram. Her name is, uh, I think she goes by Miss Punny Penny, I think is her, her username, mm. but she's Scottish and she talks about the Scots language. It's really interesting stuff. It's, it's just cool linguistic shit. But um, there are people, because apparently the world is full of morons and she's, you know, she's hit that sort of inflection point where she's really blown up. There are not, un, it's not uncommon for people to accuse her of not really being Scottish. And I think, who the fuck are you? Who would commit to a bit like this? I'm just going to pretend to be Scottish for, she's been doing this for years. It's only recently she's like, that's caught on because that's usually how it works, right? Everyone says, oh, you, you know, mm-hmm. overnight success, but no, usually these people, you grind for years and years. And then if you're lucky, something takes off. So this poor woman has been doing this for a couple of years, educating people on the Scots language, which again, you know, governments have tried to stamp out over the years. And these mm-hmm. dildos who just find her while they're on the fucking toilet are like, oh, hey, this must be fake. Yep, that's right. If it's, a, if it's part of history you haven't heard of, it cannot possibly be real. The only thing that's real is what's in front of you. Solipsism the person. Well, you know, there is that perception, isn't there, that everybody in, in England speaks like Hugh Grant. Wait, know? wait, hang on. Is this not true? No. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, I put on a rough accent to try and fool Americans. <laughs> this is how I really speak. I knew it. I knew it. And what I learned at Eton when I was filling my face full of uh, jam tarts and custard, and we drank ginger beers, we went rowing down the river in our boaters. It was a great time. I was raised in the wrong country, because that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. If you th- yeah, if you think everybody in England talks like Hugh Grant, get a train to Newcastle and have a wander around there. See how long, <laughs> see, see how long it is till you can- can't understand anybody. <laughs> right there, pit. Hey. <laughs> I feel like you'd get on the train, and that'd be it. <laughs> Someone just hits you. <laughs> it's like one of those things, it's like how to do a Scouse accent. You can do it if you go... A can of coke and chicken. A can of coke and some fried chicken. It sounds like you've worked up to that after years of speech therapy. A can of coke and some fried chicken, la. Hey. I'm not, I wouldn't <laughs> even try. I feel like I'd try it'd be a hate crime. <laughs> just gotta do you just gotta close your throat a bit and go, can of coke. You gotta, you gotta talk from the throat. Can of coke. You gotta talk from the throat and pretend you're from Merseyside and go, can of coke and some fried coke. chicken, pal. Can of coke can and of fried coke. chicken. <laughs> Oh, is it working? Where the fuck am I from? What's happening here? <laughs> it's not working, Paul. It's not working. I've killed Paul, though, so that's good. <laughs> Nick oh, Pope will be taking man. his spot at Paramede. <laughs> oh, that, that was that was a start. That's nearly as good as one of Julie's accents, and I'll usually say, "Where's that from?" <laughs> And I'll be really confused. I was I was up there with uh, with Kev's Julie voice from that one ad we did. <laughs> Brilliant. So thank you very much, Tessa, and thank you everyone who wrote in. Again, we we had to cut a few folks from the script just because this episode went really long, and this is meant to be a mini show, and this is so far, yeah, it's not really worked out. So. Yeah, but again, thank you so, so much to everyone who wrote to us. Uh, again, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. If, of course, send us your stories. We'll read them out on a story show. And if you just have a kooky comment or question for this show, send it in. Again, if you comment on YouTube, we'll try and get it in. And really, I want to do a special shout out to Joseph Camo, who obviously is a patron of this show. I, I shout him out on every episode. But Joseph is the guy who helped us turn around our YouTube channel. And... It's growing nicely now. And YouTube was something that was always an afterthought for me. I don't like video. I don't understand it. Um, but Joseph, you know, he, a couple of years ago, he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I, I do this other YouTube show. It's successful. I like your show. And we, we'd met through other things, but he really helped me turn around the YouTube channel to the point where we have people commenting on shit, which is always nice. So again, just yeah, thanks to Joseph who eventually will listen. And, uh, of course you can listen to me and Joseph on weird together, but that, that's a whole other thing. Paul, where can everyone find you online, my friend? You can find me under the guise of mysteries and monsters across all social media platforms. Though my, my Twitter handle is just my name at Paul Bestel, but mysteries and monsters is everywhere else. So if you just look for mysteries and monsters everywhere, you, you should find me or the show. All right. 
I am largely the truth on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky. You can find my other show, Weird Together, on podcast platforms everywhere. Again, that is a look at the latest and greatest in independent horror films. Our most recent downloadable episode is Influencer, which is a Shutter original, and our latest live stream, which was last night, is about Brooklyn 45, as I mentioned earlier on the show. You'll find a link to our YouTube page and our RSS feed in the show notes. And finally, before we go, we have a musical guest on this episode. They are Nakatomi Free Fall. They're a Vancouver Island-based synthwave group. The song is The Other Side from their latest album, Beauty in the Chaos. And as I mentioned, they are based on Vancouver Island. Nakatomi Freefall is Corey and Margie. And I will put a link to their Instagram account in the show notes. They're always great fun. They always comment on our stuff on Instagram. It's always a hoot. Great people. And so as we finish tonight, we will leave you with Nakatomi Freefall and the other side.